listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome back to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. NBA Draft has begun. Zion Williamson is a Pelican. Uh, had a great time at the NBA Draft party. I'll uh, be talking a little bit about that. Also, we got some news uh, in the NFL right now. Cliff Kingsbury saying some, uh, some juicy stuff about Chase Edmonds, the Michael Thomas uh, contract negotiations, and Josh McCown retired. Also on this episode, we have HD Ben Dope. I uh, got to uh, sit with him and have an uh, exclusive interview over the phone. It was awesome. Great talk. Great up-and-coming rapper. He's about to, about to break the mold, so definitely you're going to want to stick around for that one. And then uh, we're going to talk about uh, our big boy busts. Uh, coming in. It's a new new way of us approaching how we feel about players that we don't think are going to do that great. So let's go ahead and get rolling. Talking off the uh, from the jump, from the jump straight up, Jordan, um, how do you feel about Zion Williamson finally being solidified um, as a New Orleans Pelican now? Well, I think I feel the same way as I did whenever I found out they had the lottery pick because everybody kind of knew. That's what they were gonna do, but but, was, you, but was, you also said that he he could have they could, they were gonna find a way to fuck it up. I said they could. Ooh. I said they could find a way to fuck it up. They didn't. They stuck with what they what they should have done, and they got a man that in the last ten years there's only been there there has not been anyone to have the stats that he has had in the last ten years, all the way back to like. Early elementary. You know, you know who was second? No, well, he, they've only kept these stats for 10 years. Yeah. So in the last 10 years since they've kept these sorts of stats for for the, um, for the college guys, there's only one that's come close to him. And it's Who's Anthony that? Davis. And isn't it? Anthony Davis's stats are number two design. Yeah. It's funny it, how it worked it, out. It the is, last time it is, it is. the Pelicans had the number one draft pick, they pick Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Now we have Zion. Uh, following, I, hope, I hope that the trend does not stick. No, no, we don't need that. Because we don't need that trend to stick. We they have need, a really talented young core. They need to get court. a team around him. We have a super talented young core. So for those of you living under a rock, um, Anthony Davis was traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. We got uh, The Pelicans got Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, and Brandon Ingram, along with the fourth pick, which was eventually traded to the Atlanta uh why did I want to say Falcons? Atlanta Hawks. Um, so, and we got some extra picks there on the end. But, yeah, Zion went first. And then the next notable pick that, that we picked up uh, uh, yesterday was uh, a guy named Jackson Hayes out of Texas. He's a forward. Um, interesting enough, he's also the son of the St. Louis XFL uh, team's coach. So really? yeah, so it's pretty pretty interesting thing. I saw the XFL tweeted, you know, congrats to Jackson Hayes for being drafted to the Pelicans. And I was like, oh shit! 
And it, I think we kind of forget that, that that's, that's going to be a thing after this season of the NFL. XFL is here. I've heard a lot of rumors, a lot of talks. Got a couple people on some, some in some uh, inside places or low places, as Garth Brooks would say. I just want one thing from the XFL. What is that? Hockey fighting rules. Hockey fighting rules. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be like football fighting rules. Mm-hmm. Like it's. Uh, like I, I, I believe Vince McMahon's going to make sure that. I happens. believe that hockey fighting rules are the best rules for contact sports. So like they can fight until one falls down. But what would be what would be like what started the fight? Like like they snapped the ball and somebody like it doesn't matter hit the quarterback Dude, and hockey, they got a penalty in hockey. It doesn't even matter what starts the fight. It just no. matters that a fight well, has begun. They pause the game. Yeah. All right. The refs let them let them hash it out. They, but like they, that normally they hit comes. The pause button on the game. They hit the wall. They hit whatever whatever they want to. It doesn't matter. Like if, if you're like if you're like bashing up against the wall, like that's that's how I've seen the fight start. At hockey games. I've only been to one hockey game. But all right, so like sometimes I've seen I've seen where like they'll fucking check them on on uh, on open ice. Yeah. All right, and then they'll finish. They'll get to a point like see because these guys are smart. They don't they don't fight whenever their their team has a uh, a shot to score. All right, they don't do that. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna fight at the one yard line. Okay. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna fight to fifty yard line. They want to make whenever sure they that have the ability, it's going to to not to not affect. But then you get put in the penalty play. box, though. And if it's a really good but player, but two players in the penalty box, so it's cool. I mean, the action part of it, yes, but also like if you're a really good player on the team, you can't be spending time in penalty box. You got to be out there, you know, on the ice, making sure you're getting the puck in. You got to fit three man roster, dude. It's a lot different. Just like in, fine. let them fight. <laughs> yeah, for football. Yeah, completely Look, different all right, story. All right, what did Tony Stewart say? Um, if we don't, I'm going to bust his ass. <laughs> yes, but if we don't uh, wreck so idiot. much of the field, you know, we should do a yeah. figure eight, all that. Yeah, the sarcasm, the right. sarcasm uh, interview at Talladega. He said, he said, we don't please the fans. Right. Yeah. All right. This could please. The we fans. shouldn't have enough wreck for these fans. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right. I think we implement the packs. Implement. <laughs> all right. I want. I want DraftKings to come out with stats on. We don't even if need these that. two people fight, whoever wins. You know what I mean. We just need like. Let it be a part of football. We just need like like. Overs and unders on like like matchups, yeah. <laughs> like of football players. Yes, yes. I mean, like, and you have no idea that if they're gonna fight, but like if those two guys happen to dance, or it, maybe it's just the team. Maybe you just pick the team over one or something. I don't know. Something. Like a parlay bet with it. Like you just pick like two players that are probably gonna fight. Like, and it'd be like WWE. Like you know the drama. Yeah, like that's yeah, see, you know yeah. Like you that's like going on XFL a more, you can is get gonna, into it. You know, and that that's the beauty of it. The XFL could bring something like that. I mean, they're going to have to do something spicy. Vince yeah, McMahon is not will. just going to let you think it's just prim and proper bullshit. And then he's it's gonna... not going to be another NFL. No, it can't no. be. You can't be a clone of it because we saw what happened with the AAF, right? Mm-hmm. Folded, tanked, done. It's so sad for me to see all of the, the AAF players that I followed on Instagram. I'm glad. They're they're, all I'm not house. glad for them not getting, getting paid anything. I'm glad because they all have an opportunity now at the XFL, and the XFL could could make a difference. Okay, it's gonna be fun to see, and we're gonna be talking about this stuff too. Like, I can't wait to like to see what the XFL has in store for us, because 
that's going to be normally when we're in the off season, like we're going to have some cool ass content to talk about. Oh, yeah. Like for the XFL. So it's going to be badass. But I thought that was a pretty cool thing. Like, you know, the Jackson Hayes. And I mean, that's going to all be in the, you know, like that'll be the ass in the basketball season when this is all rolling for the XFL. So they, they'll probably have some joint stories and stuff like that. But the beauty of it is I was talking to, uh, I was talking to my buddy, um, Garen at the, uh, at the draft party tonight. And, and big shout out to Garen. Um, he, uh, he hooked me up, got me in. He's a season ticket holder. So it was, uh, it was awesome to, uh, get to chill with, uh, with him and his wife and had a great time. Got to meet Deuce McAllister. Um, awesome. which was epic. Uh, yeah, he was, he was there broadcasting inside of Manning's. Um, got a, got a free, uh, mini burger and a mini mufalada and a pretzel. So that was, uh, that was always cool. They had Sierra Mist over Sprite. How do you how do you feel about that? Uh, I'm not really a fan of both. I mean, either. You know, Sierra, really I'll take – for those of you that forget, I don't drink alcohol anymore. So when I'm going to functions like this, I'm normally – I tend to go for the Sprite or I go for, like, the non-alcoholic beer. So, like, what you do, like, if you're ever worried about people asking you, like, you know, what are you drinking or anything like that? Like, cause you, know, you don't want to – Oh, I don't worry about it. I'm I know, I know, but some people do. <laughs> Excuse you. <coughs> Thank you. Dang. Um, what some people do is they'll get a Sprite, and they have a name for it, but they'll they'll get a splash of Coke in it, so it makes it look like a mixed drink. Oh shit! Yeah, like so. like a whiskey sour. So it's like it's like I'm here to party, but I'm not gonna party. Um, we'll call it a uh, a Johnny Cash Shirley Temple. There you go. I like the go. name of that. What are you drinking? A Johnny Cash Shirley Temple. So that's that's uh, we're copywriting that. You're gonna, you're gonna trademark that. Trademark or copyright? Which one? Definitely, definitely, got a copyright. This is a this is a conversation. This is a garage talk conversation. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, happens. So we'll get into it. But anyway, bottom line, great draft party uh, was epic. Big shout out to all the people that I saw, um, just from the New Orleans community and the Pelicans fan base and. Just the New Orleans sports fan base in general. Uh, big things are happening. You in think New they're Orleans. gonna have to make some moves in, you know, free agency? They have room. Do you know if they have room? Uh, I want to say they, well, they when they got rid of uh, Solomon, I think they had like thirty three thousand cap space, maybe million. Yeah, thirty three million. Oh, okay, not thousand. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, thirty three million in cap space. I'm 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 not. So they got the, on that. the Lonzo yeah, fact, one. Fact check me, Garage fam. Lonzo, that's the one they got. Yeah, Lonzo. We got Lonzo right, Ball, so Brandon Lonzo. Ingram, and Josh Hart coming from the Lakers, and they trade for the four pick. The four. I don't pick even know anything. All I want to know out of those three is Lonzo. Yeah, Honestly. Brandon Ingram's a baller. Josh Hart's good. Um, did you see the video of um? You ever seen Big Daddy? Yes. All right. So you great know, movie. You know the scene where. Sully is giving um, his kid back to the the guy. The, um, um, like when they're in court? No, not in court, like at home when he has to make him leave and then he has to go to court to get him. But like they're in his ho- in his apartment deal mm-hmm. and he's like walking the kid to the door and he's like, I wipe my own ass. Yeah, he was All like, because right, so he thought that's why well, he was getting rid of They did a video to where it was like LeBron was the dad. No. And Lonzo was a kid. No. Yeah. I haven't seen and, it yet. Yeah. And then, like, he... <laughs> he <laughs> That's was, fucking tremendous. He walked out of the room, and he looked back, and he said, but I 
wipe my own ass. <laughs> oh no! And the kid was like, "Dude, well, I don't want to go. I know, but you gotta go." And Le- <laughs> dude, Lavar is a whole other element too that we're gonna get, and it's not always a great oh, element. Oh God, it's just so. It's, I'm it's gonna like, play it's the this. equivalent of a high school dad, dude. But it's like, the NBA, dude. And it's like you don't do that there. No, you don't get to do. You that. don't but do that letting, shit in the NBA. Him do it though. I uh I for everybody that follows Garage Guys on Twitter at Garage Guys Sports I, I did a uh there was a video that that leaked out where he was on first take and um some people were taking it from the context and I mean it's definitely you can tell it just reminded me of the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia but the implication where like he's talking about when he gets a woman on a boat because everybody knows like Dennis is like a freaking narcissistic like psychopath so he's like. He's like you. She's like just because you bring a girl out on a boat doesn't mean she's gonna fuck you, Dennis. And he's like, she's like, no, no. It's it's because of the implication. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, ah. yeah. You have to watch it. Jordan's not a big Sunny fan, by the way, guys. Blow up his timeline at Jordan underscore Gerald and blow him up for not watching. It's always Sunny in Philadelphia because it's a great show. Didn't you say you could just never get into it? Yeah, yeah. I never did. I didn't say I never could. I just said I never did. You just got it. You got to just keep grinding with it. But I'm gonna find this video. Oh, the uh, Kawhi Leonard video was legend too when he won. I'm gonna go ahead and play that one too. Just, just shout out to to Toronto. We already talked about it, but this was their celebration parade. I thought this was uh thought this was hilarious. Have to get this out for everybody to listen to real fast. Enjoy this moment and have fun with it. Aha. He did that. He did it. Yeah. Oh, I'm so proud of him. I have so much respect for him. I love Kawhi. Leonard, I have so man. much respect for him now. Love it. So this was LeVar Ball on first take, and this is what everybody was talking about because of the implication. Can I switch gears with you? Because I have a question you here. You can switch gears with me anytime. <laughs> okay. Let's stay oh, focused Lord. here. Right. Um, can you please explain? Right, so did you catch that? I yes, I did. Okay, so that was totally the implication. <laughs> so basically, like... Yeah, he'll never be on that show again, probably. Never. <laughs> you can't do shit like that. You can't. He's just like straight up, just saying like, "Yeah, yeah, girl, come here." Just <laughs> wanting like, like, no limits. He has he has no limits. I don't know. I'm not. It's not big, about the filter. It's about the limits. It's gonna be definitely interesting having him around New Orleans. Hopefully, Lonzo will just like separate himself from him. But who really knows? But anyway, that that's all the NBA talk we have, um, and XFL talk, and hockey talk. We all lump that into one. That was pretty good. Yeah. It's good times. So into the NFL, a uh, couple of things to highlight real quick. Read something earlier about Cliff Kingsbury sees a really nice role coming for Chase Edmonds. And this automatically kind of, I mean, we don't really know what's going to happen until till the uh, the season starts. We already know there's going to be big changes in Arizona for sure with Cliff. Uh, with Kyler Murray at quarterback. It's going to be a whole new offense. But when you make comments like that, that scares the fuck out of David Johnson truthers, David Johnson dynasty owners, anybody that has plans of drafting David Johnson. And it actually kind of worries me because I had, you know, big thoughts for for David Johnson, like big hopes for him this season. I still do. I'm not going to say that just because of this one little thing that came out that Cliff said is going to change shit, but... I will note that last year, even though in the old offense we got new coaches, it's going to be completely different. Chase Edmonds was splitting carries with David Johnson. 
This eats into his share. It could be an Easter egg to nowhere, though. It could just be something he's saying to throw everybody off, you know. Cliff is a huge trickster. I read something earlier uh, this week, actually, that he was following the guys that they were drafted for Arizona. He followed them with a burner account as a cute girl to spy on them. No, he couldn't have done that. That's got to be somewhere, like... No. We know the NFL's that, fucking policy is insane. So that came out. Like, he has to be getting in trouble for that. Let's see. Burner accounts. That's insane. Girl. I have to I have to pull it up. I read it earlier. Um, earlier this week. That's, this is, I don't even know why that got It's got to be up. in their conduct policy, though, right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, that was just something that I read online. I don't know how how, how true it was. Everybody's wondering, like, this is, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about, let's see, Kingsbury. There was an, it was like a, a, I saw it on Instagram earlier this week. Okay. Spied on players at Texas Tech. Oh, this was at Texas Tech. Okay. Using cute girl burner accounts. So this was not Arizona. This was Texas Tech shit. Okay. Yeah. So we'll clear that up. But anyway, <laughs> he still did that. Yeah, he did. So, I mean, obviously, he, he likes to troll. Sneaky, sneaky. He likes to troll. So this could just be a ploy uh, to to have people, you know, in the first game of the week at least, for people to be like, okay, well, they're going to split carries. And then that the, coaches do this shit, though. But at the don't, same wait, time. Don't, don't get it twisted. They're going to split carries. It sucks. It's the NFL way now. It sucks. It it sucks for for fantasy, but yeah, because you want David Johnson to be like the the your guy, like the the only guy that you have to worry with out there. And I mean, that's how many really... times has your heart ached because your running back didn't get the ball in the one yard line? Honestly, Whew. I mean, in standard leagues, a lot. In PPR leagues, maybe not so much. I think it doesn't matter for standard or PPR. Your running backs are your running backs. Yeah, your running backs don't make much difference in PPR. I mean, I guess it just standard. depends on like if if if, if my t- running backs hurts catching worse in standard than it does in PPR. I understand that. But if my running backs down. get eating up some yardage and he's catching the ball down the field and he and maybe he doesn't get the touchdown, yeah, it sucks at six points. But at the end of the game, if if that's all that that one player did, you know the the other running back, if all he did was get a touchdown and maybe took that one away from me, it doesn't bother me that bad. But no, I bother the shit out of me. Chase Edmonds. Uh, you know, he like I said, he he basically had points for every game except for against San Francisco, where he had negative zero point one in PPR. Um, he had two touchdowns on the season last year, and his best game was against Green Bay, where he had twenty points in PPR league. Obviously, this guy thinks somebody's been eating their Wheaties. Yeah, I mean, I've been hearing a lot of or good stuff about Chase him Edmonds. And Kyler Murray are getting more chemistry. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know what happens, but all I know is is that this is uh, if if this news does turn into something, it's definitely gonna eat into David Johnson shares, and that definitely wait for preseason. Yeah, that's gonna make the ADP go down a little bit. Don't really know yet, but that's definitely going to uh, change some of my rankings up a little bit for sure. So it's uh definitely keep your eye on that, especially if you're a DJ owner or just a DJ guy in general. Uh, the next piece, Michael Thomas. So the big contract, everybody's been talking about this contract. They're saying that it's, you know, he wants to be the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. I also read that the Saints said that they are willing to make him 
the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Am I not? Am I? Am I wrong on that? However, reports have come out recently that I they know. are still far away How in negotiations. Far away. If, if you're willing to just go out and say we're willing to pay him to be the top paid wide receiver in the NFL. How far apart can you really be? Exactly. And here's the thing, though. I feel like because... I feel like he's just now starting to become that big-name guy that we all know that he can be. So, me personally, I think he deserves it. You got one of the GOAT quarterbacks, if not the GOAT, in my opinion, as far as stats go. You know, Drew Brees is throwing you the ball. You're a badass wide receiver. We're looking at last year. I mean, and this is not even just because he's a saint. But multiple games over 30 points. Multiple. Um, His worst game, his floor last year, literally 7.9 fantasy points in PPR. That was his worst game. And that was the last game of the season. Yeah, well, incredible. I don't. I don't understand how it could be far apart. I really don't. I don't. Yeah, get it. I don't get it. Look, just look at this. These numbers, like the like what he's done. Like literally, it's like he he was averaging at least like, I'd say maybe eighteen. He probably averaged maybe like seventeen fantasy points in PPR for the entire season. That's good numbers. That's definitely better than OBJ last year. Oh yeah, without a doubt. You know, so I mean, you have to you have to be able to say, okay, OBJ is is the highest paid wide receiver in the league right now. Michael Thomas having these kind of stats from last year, going into this year, knowing that not much is probably going to change, it's still going to be there. Without a doubt, make him the highest paid wide receiver in the league. I wouldn't, not this year. They don't have to make a contract right now. They don't. So yeah, they that, that's the only wait. reason, just because of like, because you don't have to. I mean, they got to. They really don't have to. Unless they're just trying to make sure that he is happy. You know, and I get that too. Um, But for me, they don't have to make a contract, I believe, until the beginning of next year. Like, kind of like, I think it's the same kind of situation with like what Lev was doing. Like Lev had talked, remember how he talked about a whole bunch of contract the year before? Right. And, um, yeah, it's, and it's he never just, happened, but extension. he played. And then the, year, the next year he ended up holding out. Which I don't want to see Michael Thomas hold out. I don't want to see. I don't want to see them force Michael Thomas to hold out. I don't. I don't want to believe that he would. I don't. I don't. I don't I want to believe that, he that he's that I kind hope, of a guy. I hope that he would. I hope that he would. I mean, you look at what Cam Jordan did. You know, Cam like he's just like he came, he came out and said he was like I'm loyal to this team. Look what Earl Thomas did. Yeah. What did he do? Mm, I don't know. Earl Thomas. He came out and played for his team and broke his leg. Yeah, but he was ready to leave because of the money. He was ready to get a, a contract. He wanted to go to Cowboys. He wanted to get a contract. I believe. It was I think Earl it was Thomas. a freak accident, though. It was a football accident. Yeah, I mean, he did. It's not like he did it on purpose. No shit. <laughs> but that's why these guys won't learn t- long term contracts, so that yeah. doesn't happen. That's why Lev Bell didn't play last year. He had no learn. Oh yeah, Lev. Contracts. Lev was the Lev is the true the true. Uh, Number one guy of like, I don't care about team loyalty. I care about money. I want to get paid. At the end of the day, it's his job. That's right. So I mean, he, money. That's he what has, he wants. He, has he wants right to get to paid. It, you know. But so, I think that he should have told somebody, "Hey, I'm not gonna play until they give me a contract." 
for his fans and just so they know. The hate for Lev Bell and Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh right now? Oh my God. If you ever see a picture on Instagram or anything of Antonio Brown or Lev Bell on like an NFL network or some shit like that, go read the comments. Horrible. Yeah, that's one thing I've never done. I've never, I've never really gotten to like the comment section. Go do it, dude. They get so mad, dude. I've slowly started. You know, most of them are saying uh, Juju's the goat. Juju's better. Like I'm telling you, that 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 that's all over the place. I know, I know. I'm not gonna say. I don't really buy that at all. But that's you know that's what they gotta feel. I mean, yeah, they got they got have that. We was we was the confused fucking Saints fans when Brandon Cooks got traded. I don't know. All I'm saying is watch out for Dante Moncrief mm. and that offense. Watch out. We'll talk a little bit about that next week. It's going to be fun. We're going to have Polly from Polly Sleepers on the show next week. He's going to he's going to he's going to uh stir us up some uh some sleepers for us to talk about. We're going to it's going to be a sleeper show next week. We're going to talk about sleepers. It's going to be so fun. Uh excited to have Polly on and um yeah, we're also talking about Fantastic which is the uh, you you probably don't even know about this, but uh, fantastic is like when you hear a really hot take, um, for like a fancy football take, mm-hmm. it's so hot that like you know how you eat something that's so hot you need some antacid right? Uh huh. Well, you need some fantastic. Hell yeah. So you gotta make sure that you know you keep the keep the from regurgitating because of all the spiciness of the take. So we're gonna talk all about that next week. It's gonna be fun. Um, last little piece of news before we get to the HD Ben Dope interview. Uh, quarterback, journeyman quarterback has finally called it quits and retired. Josh McCown has pulled the plug on the NFL career. Don't really know what's next. Probably could see him broadcasting. Maybe. But dude played for 10 different teams. And I think one of the, um, the biggest things to discuss is that he was, he was, he's not a porn guy. Yeah, he, he really hates it, doesn't he? He's not. He's not a porn guy. No, there's no reason to so, hate porn. So if you if if he ever caught you masturbating, he would sit you down and give you a good talking to. No, he'd be okay with that. You just could be watching porn. Oh no, no, he's not about that life. Literally, dude, literally compared <coughs> porn to a flight. <laughs> like, how do you do that? Old Josh, Josh McCount. Well, R.I.P. to the career and best of luck going forward. The best backup quarterback I've seen in years. Ten different teams, man. Good stuff. And whenever he started, he didn't make it count, but it's okay. He still went to another team. I read a little bit last year about him, and the biggest thing that all the uh, coaches said about him was actually about how good of a backup quarterback he was because of he had – it was like he had the Tony Romo knowledge – but not the Tony Romo skill set to keep playing. Damn. Like, but he had and the that's knowledge. That's gonna make him super good. And he good was in the booth. really good at um, helping these young quarterbacks and 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 uh, teaching them and and kind of grooming them. That's why they kept him. Well, yeah. I mean, last year for sure you could see that with like Sam Darnold. Like, I mean, he probably learned a lot. You know, from Josh McCown. And Josh now, McCown sat behind some great quarterbacks. He has. <laughs> you know, and like. And when you look at it like now, like the training wheels are cut off for Darnold. Like it's, you know, those days are over. It's gone. So now we're just going to roll straight into, you know, the Adam Gase and Sam Darnold show. It's going to be fun to watch. 
I'm super excited about this year, just in general, the Jets' new uniforms and seeing how they do on the field. And we'll talk a little bit more about that after the interview, but let's go ahead and roll into it. H.D. Uh, Dope is a uh, fire rapper out of Brooklyn. Uh, found him on Spotify uh, not a couple months back, but a good while back now. Uh, the funny thing about this is, is that we did this interview. The audio got completely botched. Um, and I had to scratch it and schedule just tight for him. He's been working on a lot of projects. This dude grinds like no other. He's constantly in the studio. He has brought the studio to his home. He just literally makes music all day long, music videos, content. Like Antonio HD is amazing guy. Uh, we're going to roll into the interview. Uh, before we do that, of course, this show is brought to you by Rotoballer. Get over to rotoballer.com right now and subscribe to the premium nascar content uh you get all the insight and uh info from big fantasy names like scott engel sean engel dan dobish and myself uh so even if you're not really into nascar you want to try to just give it a shot one week all of my articles are free on rotoballer so you can get over there now and check out everything that i have to say and i do a weekly one uh weekly article two articles for sleepers drivers to avoid and i do my fantasy nascar preview every weekend before the race so this this week we're going to be in sonoma um not really be in sonoma but racetrack is going to be sonoma raceway in california first road course of the season are you excited to uh to watch the first road course race when is it on sunday First road course race what time? of the year, probably around one. And this is also Daryl Walters. I hope that I have enough time. I hope it doesn't. I hope it gets rained out. You hope the race gets rained out? Yeah, that's so I can not... watch it Monday. Oh damn! Don't do I had that. Had to work Sunday. We've already had to deal with two rainouts. Sunday. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> I wanted to get rained out. You gotta, yeah, get it. You I had to work Sunday up. night, but you better download the Fox Go app. Cut the check, Fox. For real. Um, but yeah, you have to get it. And uh, this is also Daryl Waltrip's final broadcast he's retiring from broadcasting so um if you're not really familiar with who daryl waltrip is i'm not going to judge you because you might not be a nascar fan but if you are a nascar fan or you've watched races you know who daryl waltrip is um just an incredible career incredible race car driver incredible broadcaster uh he's literally the guy that invented boogity 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 you think he's gonna actually retire i don't think yeah it's done like I don't even know a lot about all I know about NASCAR, and I know who he is, and I know what he means to NASCAR. It's huge. Like I mean, it, obviously there's Dale. They Earnhardt, got a replacement yet? And then there's no. I don't think they've made one yet at all. But we're moving to NBC, so I mean, we're going to be seeing like Dale Earnhardt Jr. He's going to be broadcasting for NBC. So like, we're getting ready to to leave Fox for the year, and now we're moving on to NBC. They're going to be covering the rest of the year for NASCAR. So um, so yeah, so we'll get a whole new cast of faces now to uh to be and whole new voices, voices to be listening yeah. to yeah so it's gonna be really fun but uh also sad to see him go so uh get over to twitter and instagram and tell him how much you care about him and thank you for all of the uh years of boogity 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 boys let's go racing because i swear to god if i hear anybody else do that on a broadcast it's gonna piss me off nah Nah, it's nah. it's it's just NASCAR, right? It's part of You're it. right. It's part of the race now. It is. It is sure. I mean it's like the national Darryl anthem. Daryl did that. It's like the national anthem. Daryl brought that. You think he's gonna do it? You think Junior will do it? I don't think Junior will ever do it. Somebody'll do it though. Yeah. I just hope they I hope they 
I hope they nail do it, it right. They got to nail, nail it. it. Yeah. Or maybe something new will come. Who knows? A lot to look forward to with NASCAR. What if what if they're sports just growing? Like, dab dab dab. Let's race. Just like oh no. <laughs> Skirt, skirt, motherfuckers! Uh, like, yeah, like that'd be yeet, Kevin Harvick. Yeet. Yeah, yeet, yeet, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you, I bet, bet that's about to be the next thing. Gotta be either yeet, yeet, or or skirt, skirt. Like, if it, it has to be, let's petition for that. We're, we'll get, we're gonna get Dale Jr. to say yeet, yeet, like every time they start off with skirt, skirt. Oh my god, it's gonna be fun. Alright, enough fucking around. Here's the interview with H. Stephen Dope. We now welcome to the garage. Uh, one of my favorite rappers that's in the game right now that's coming up big in the industry. He's a Brooklyn rapper. I, I like to refer to him as a lyrical fire spitter. It's none other than Mr. H. D. Ben Dope. H. D., what's good, man? How have you been? I've been pretty good, man. How you feeling, Chase? I'm feeling good as always, man. Last, I'm feeling a lot better than last time we attempted this. I'll say that much. So, for, <laughs> for a lot of a lot of our listeners, they don't really know because I never really went into detail for it because I knew that we were probably going to get to do it again. Uh, HD and I actually did an interview, uh, shoot back I think around like January or February. And uh, we did the entire interview, talked about some things, and then by the time I was going to add it on to the show, uh, the audio was completely botched. So you run into those technical difficulties. So we've gotten that fixed and taken care of now. Uh, we're going to knock on what you got. Any, you got any wood nearby you can knock on? I definitely do. Knock it. All right, good. <laughs> Me too, man. Me too. All right, so we're knocking on wood over here. But um, HD Ben Dope uh, this is one of my uh, favorite rappers. Uh, we I've talked about him before on the show. So it's a pleasure to have you on, man. Um, and uh, right now I know the hottest thing that's going on in New York City other than other than your music that's uh that's starting to blow up online, man, is uh a lot of Knicks fans are sad, and I know you're a Knicks fan yourself. Um, <laughs> so everybody was hoping that uh that you, you were gonna win the, the lottery and get Zion Williamson, but it turned out that uh, that New York wasn't the place, but it was a, a one of the new places, uh New New Orleans, the place that I'm at. So um so now that Zion's coming to New Orleans. Oh man, that's crazy. You're I just realized you definitely yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, it's big. It's it's big. So I mean so I I can get I can buy you a Pelicans jersey now and you'll wear it. <laughs> no, I didn't think you would. Well, the good news is is this is you guys oh, have RJ Barrett to look forward to. If you guys end up getting him, he's projected to come to y'all's team. If the Knicks do right. Yeah, it's every year. Nick always do wild picks. <laughs> I know. And Patrick he Ewing. The most random. He had – I was watching the, uh, the 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 lottery, and Patrick Ewing just had, like, the most just, like, irritable face on that I've ever seen expressed on a human being. So it's uh, – so hopefully he can, like, try to help them make some better choices for you guys because I know that y'all have had enough suffering. <laughs> Spike Lee is running out of things to yell about. During basketball season, <laughs> so it's getting it's getting tough. But um, RJ Barrett should be pretty exciting for you guys, though. I mean, to, I mean, you guys just need anything at this point. So I'm definitely praying for you guys. And, and when you come down to New Orleans, you can see what you could have had. We'll put it that way. That's nuts. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, we're doing oh, a big man, draft party. By the time everyone's oh, listening to this, yeah. By the time everyone hears this, the draft party will be over. Zion will already be a Pelican. RJ will probably already be a Nick, but uh, yeah, I, I went to the draft party on Thursday and it was lit. We had a great time. 
for all of you listening now on the weekend. <laughs> I had I had to bring up the sports though, man. You know you know me. But uh, let, let's talk about what you've been grinding on lately, man. Um, you, you've dropped two new singles recently, uh, "Bird" and "Rev Run." So I mean, what's just kind of been going sure. on with the singles and and uh, you know I know you said that you were working on a new album as well. So I mean, like what what have you been cranking out right now in the studio? Um, so yeah, those, those singles has been pretty fun. Just dropping music just for the sake of dropping music. Um, Bird and Rev Run obviously like took up the most steam. I also dropped a song in between that called Running. Uh, it was like a very different vibe for me. Um, probably one of my favorite joints, but it's like super low key because obviously those like harder hitting songs get the most attention. Right. And that's cool. But, um, yeah. Dropping the music, it just feels really good just seeing people take to it and shit like that. And then I'm working on this mixtape, and I think, especially now, I'm in, like, a different zone, and I just feel really good about the music that I'm working on for the mixtape. Because, I mean, I had this story for this tape done for, like, maybe about a year or two now, but, like, just getting the music right and really, you know, locking in the way that I need to is, you know, especially where I'm at right now. Um, But... Yeah, like the, the the difference in the mixtape and the singles that I've been dropping, like I think everything that I've dropped so far has been super fun. It's not too much. Um, I mean, there, there's substance, but it's not like super direction based um, with me. At least in going into creating it, it's kind of just make a beat and then whatever I come up with is what gets put on record. Right, uh, but the, the mixtape is way more calculated. Brain turning into lyrics on paper man. it's uh yeah dude, i was <laughs> i was listening to bird man. bird definitely is like one of my favorite out of your new singles that you dropped dude, the shit goes hard as hell um and it's deep yeah, too man you. you got some deep lyrics in that shit i mean like anybody that like you know me like i'm a lyrical guy like i listen to the lyrics of songs and the, the beat is the beat's awesome for one but just listening to the words of it, man, and just, like, kind of hearing that, like, it's just like, in, like you said, that you've been in crunch time. You can tell, dude. Like, you can just hear the, uh, the just the, the tone, man. Like, you're setting, it's like a statement song almost. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely what it, it felt like. I mean, the, the whole song came to that, the, I got problems on problems on problems, that part of the hook. It was, I came up with that just randomly. Like, I just kind of put it in my notes or I recorded it on a voice moment. It's just like, all right, cool, I'm going to put this in the tuck. You know, like, maybe it'll be a part of a verse or something. And then I was having, like, this conversation with my best friend, and she was telling me, you know, about what she was going through. And it, essentially what she was dealing with was what the song is about, like, not really wanting to deal with people. And, like, I'm dealing with my shit. That's why I'm closing everybody else off. But, like, I don't want anybody else to feel... Uh, alienated by this, like I'm just doing my own thing. Um, right. So yeah, I, I kind of just when I when I had that conversation with her, that little cadence that came up, the problems on problems on problems. I was like, you know what? That's the song. Like build the song around that. Like, and I just made a quick beat and. Yeah, <laughs> it's so, it's I'm awesome to hear that because a lot of people that you know like they listen to songs and music, they don't. I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize that a lot of musicians will will like all their music isn't necessarily everything that's going on in their life, but just from like being around other people and like hearing problems and things and just kind of like piecing together those uh those those issues that people go through in life that things that make us human and that just makes a song that exactly. people can connect mm -hmm. to, man. Um, that that's yeah, a huge no, part. 
it's a huge part in it. For yeah, sure, even man. even just having that conversation with her, it was you know, I felt it because it's like I might not have been there exactly in that time when I was talking to her, but it's like I know what that shit feels like. You yes. know what I'm saying? So I'm speaking for her in this moment, but I'm speaking for everybody that's going through that, including myself, or that has gone through that. Exactly, yeah, man. And I love that. And I love that about you too, man, as a, as a musician, dude, it's like, it's just that you have that, that power and like in, in all of your music that I've listened to and in everything that you have, like you can just hear like it's such sincerity in your tone and just like, you just like, you, you automatically just like, I, I know for me personally, I just gravitate to your stuff because like, it's just like, you feel like you're just somebody you can sit down and have a conversation with just like we're doing right now. And so it's just like, yeah. you know, you're just one of those kind of guys. So I think that's a beautiful thing. And I mean, just, how you got to that point as a musician um like like what like i know going through your backstory and everything just tell a little bit for the list for our listeners that don't really know you or know your music like what got you here today as far as you know just becoming a musician focusing on this full time what got you inspired uh to to do this as a career so growing up i wasn't really able to listen to hip-hop well i wouldn't say i wasn't able, my mom she wouldn't listen to hip-hop um, she listened to like, country and uh, anytime I was in the car, whatever, it was either Radio Disney or some gospel station on. Big you know, Montana girl, huh? Um, yeah, <laughs> that's um, yeah, but that, that's, I mean, she played Radio Disney for me. She wasn't into the Radio Disney shit, but right. it was like, this is for kids. Trying so to keep, kids trying to keep her, her, her baby boy's mind clear and clean. Yeah, exactly. But my brother, on the other hand, my brother's 13 years older than me, so, like, he had all the CDs, you know, every hip-hop CD. So even when my mom would leave and my brother would have to babysit me, um, he in his room blasting Dipset. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I'm getting, I'm getting that influence. And obviously my brother was, like, the coolest person in the world to me, uh, especially being younger, so much younger than him. It was just like, all right, word. So this is what I want to be next to. I want to be next to the dip set. I want to dive into that type of music. So when I was going to school, um, when I was nine years old, like fourth grade or whatever, I had a CD player and I would just go in my brother's room in the morning and take some CDs. So I remember I used to take, uh, I had uh, Snoop Dogg's Rhythm and Gangster, The Young Guns' first album, nice. I had Freeway's first album, um, I had... Get, I had Guess Who's Back the 50 Cent mixtape and that was like my rotation and I, and I had camera on Purple Hate oh wow and I'd just be going to school listening to these albums not stop you know like really diving into this I remember in like fourth grade it was either fourth or fifth grade but uh, my teacher she caught me listening to uh, Snoop Dogg Rhythm and Gangsta she's like your mom let you listen to this I'm like <laughs> yeah she's like alright well, I'm going to take the C and that parent teacher conference, I'm going to ask her. And I'm just like, like, what? Oh, Why are you shit. taking my That's kids? the worst, dude. Yeah. It's so annoying. But I mean, surprisingly, I don't remember the aftermath, but I don't think my mom got that mad because, I mean, I don't even remember the aftermath. So she clearly didn't get that mad. But um, I do remember in fourth grade is when I started, like, writing, like, you know, writing music. And I had like this um, journal or whatever, or some book that my um, third grade teacher gave me because she just thought I was a good writer. She gave me like this Harry Potter journal book. I don't even, 
like Harry Potter, but whatever. <laughs> use it, yeah. <laughs> he gave me that shit. Use it as the to, pad and the pen, man. <laughs> so I used to just write stories and that shit, but then when I, you know, got heavy into hip hop, I was like, all right, cool, I'm going to start writing rap. And I just remember on one page, I just wrote motherfucker. <laughs> For whatever reason, I don't know. And that's but, the one um, page that got confiscated. <laughs> Yeah, my my mom just pulls out the book and she's like, "Oh, this is what you're doing now." I'm like, "Ah, this is awkward." <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there too, but, man. Um, like, I feel like every kid has been at that that point at some point. Like, it's like even writing the word "fuck" on a piece of paper was just like enjoyable when you were like a kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, I'm not supposed to be doing this. It's fire. Um, but yeah, so that, like that was like me starting into the rap shit. So at 11 years old. I um I had this my first Sony right, so it was basically like a little like toy radio, but it was a real radio, and it came with like a mic on it, and almost a hit clips machine. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, it came with the mic on it. So what I would do is burn instrumentals onto a CD. I would take my grandmother's boombox that had a CD player, um, put the CD in that, and then hold the mic up to that speaker, and then we would record raps like that <laughs> in like Dope. this is what sixth grade six six through eighth grade that's how we were just making music and i still have one of the cassette tapes too they would never play it for anybody but oh you see <laughs> okay good. okay so you got the exclusive so like one of these days that's mm-hmm. gonna pop off somewhere it might leak who knows but like <laughs> i would never i would never willingly give that to anybody or play it for anybody because at that time yeah see what my influences were like i'm listening to good set I'm a 50 Cent baby for sure, for sure. I'm a right. 50 Cent baby first, then I would say I'm a Wayne baby, and then a Cole baby. Nice. But, um, so you got a little Nolans in you, and then of course you got the J. Cole, but then 50 <laughs> Cent. So that was my big question too. Yeah, like there's, 50 there's, Cent's there's, my intro. And that that's that's great, dude. Because like you know, you being from Brooklyn, like I mean, obviously everybody that you talk to is going to be like, oh, well, who's like you know your number one guy like from Brooklyn that raps? Like, and nine times out of ten, you're going to hear like Jay Z. So like. You know, I hear yeah. I don't hear a lot of people talking about, you know, that they were like heavily influenced from fifty cents. So I think that that's really cool and that's something that kind of separates you from some of the other like, right, you know, right. rappers that are coming out around there right now. But yeah, fifty was like everything for me, especially at that age and like coming into it, I just thought everything he was doing was like the most fire shit. So all my raps reflected fifty cents. You feel me? Like I was like I was 50 in my rap. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Um, and you, that was- you literally remind me of this story. So you're talking about how, like, 50. Because I remember, like, how how old are you again? I'm 24. You're 24. Okay, so I'm 27. I remember I was in about, I think I was in about fifth grade when In the Club came out. And I had this group yeah. of friends. And, and, like, you know, I was this little fat white kid, dude. Like, nobody really wanted to do much with me at that time. So, but I love 50 Cent, and I had this group of friends, and they were just like, uh, you know, they were all talking about the song and everything, and I was trying to talk to them with them, and they were like, they were like, man, you don't know nothing about 50 Cent, like, get out of here. I literally went home, memorized the entire lyrics, the explicit lyrics <laughs> to In the Club, went back to school and rapped it out, and like, they were like, oh, this, that, that's crazy, you know this, and then I turned around, and my teacher was right behind me, and I got, I got sent home. Oh, <laughs> I will never forget that. <laughs> So like yeah that that was what that got me heavy into Fifty Cent too. I was just like man, I gotta impress these people. They had some chicks that I liked around the time there too, and I'm like I gotta I gotta let them know what's up. Like I you know I'm a, I'm a baller, you know what I mean? But I uh, I feel it. 
but yeah man so like that's that's cool as hell to hear that too and like you being so young like knowing that because like most people that are into rap they don't really like i feel like they don't really get into it heavy or from the for the musicians i've talked to that rap like they they kind of got more into it like late junior high early high school so to know that you had this like you know from the elementary level like that's just something ingrained in your DNA for sure, in my opinion. Yeah, hazardous, hazardous. <laughs> hazardous. It's freaking awesome. So that was like everything for me. So getting into like the high school years and everything, like I mean, when when was it where you were just like, This is a career, I'm good at this, like this is what I'm gonna do. There's no looking back. So I go into high school, um, that's when I first started making beats. I was making beats on the PSP, this game called Tracks Pack where I first started making beats. Um, then I met this kid, Randy, in high school, and he put me on the FL Studio. So I was using that to make beats, dabbled in Reason, dabbled in all, all, every beat program, generally speaking, I, I dabbled it. So I was doing that. And then um, I told my homeboy, was like, I had a student council, well, he was in the ranks to be that. I was like, yo, we should one day make a club where, you know, we record music. That's and he's like, all right, word. If I ever get in position, I'll do that. So I think we started in 10th grade. We finally got in student council and we started like studio club. And I would bring my laptop to school. I would be recording everybody's stuff, mixing everybody's stuff, making beats for some people, like doing the whole nine. So it was like a thing. When I turned um, 16, this is when I released my first mixtape. I put it out on that piff, uh, hot new hip hop, all the like mixtape spots. Dude, that uh, and it, it, <laughs> yeah, man, for real. That was that was a simple con. Huge. But, um, yeah, I put it out, put it out on on those things, and I even put everything on YouTube, like just each of the songs. I didn't have any videos at the time, uh, and I started gaining people paying attention to my music that weren't my friends. And that was the first time I was like, oh shit, I'm about to do this. Like, for real, for real. Oh, dude, like, I you know it. Richie, he, he's still my homie to, to date. Like, this kid Richie, he's out in Jersey. He's like one of the first people that, like, hit me and was like really going hard for me. And he didn't know me. So the shit was like super fulfilling in a different way. Like, he was burning uh, CDs of my mixtape and handing them out at school. Like, he was that level of, like, support. That's and heavy. again, he didn't know me at all. So it was like, oh shit, like I actually can do this if I can garner this type of love from somebody that doesn't know me. And through that, we became friends. But um, yeah, it was Richie, Jude, um, trying to blank, but oh man, Tony in South Dakota. It's all good. There's, there's so much um, love. There's so much love everywhere. I mean, you can't keep yeah, all that love. It's just like little spots of people and they were all from different areas like somebody from South Dakota somebody from California somebody from Australia uh, somebody from Africa like it was just all these different places but it was just like one or two people in you know these spots it's so the it, best even though it was feeling. small it was still like yeah it was still like oh shit this is actually working and by the way at this point I'm, I'm like Wayne baby but I'm also getting super onto J. Cole like and him having influence on my music. Because I got on the J. Cole when I was 14, but I was still super lame, baby, on that first mixtape. What album did he um, have out around that time? I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, get, like, a really good image I of this. I found about Warm Up Cole. So that's when I found out about Cole. I found out, I mean, I think the Rock Nation uh, rumors were around, so I kind of knew his oh, name from Oh, okay, that, so you know, I know what you're talking about. Okay. 
Yeah, so it's like, okay, cool, this is Jay-Z's guy or whatever. Like, I knew the rumblings of his name, and I was like, I know it. Let me check out this project. Uh, and it was that song, what's the name of it? That song, Dreams. Like, I was listening yeah. to the whole project, and everything was super good going in, you know what I mean? Just top to bottom, it was like, all right, this is really fucking good. But when that song, Dreams, came on, I was like, nah, this is the most amazing shit. Dreams, and um, damn, what's the other one it was just like his early work, man. Like getting to be a part yeah, of that. Yeah, that, that album was fucking bad. That, that mixtape was super fire. And that was, that was when J. Cole became like my guy. Just from that. was that. when J. Cole became yeah, J. But, Cole, dude. Like, yeah, like nobody, everybody remembers <laughs> that. Like, that's when like he put on, like everybody was bumping that shit at that time, too. So, I mean, you had yeah, you had some, sure. like, the best influences, like, no cap. Like, I mean, because, like, me, you know, be, being from New Orleans, like, I grew up on, like, Lil Wayne, like, Hot Boys. Like, you know, I was listening to him, like, from since the block is hot. Like, I can remember my older cousins playing that. So, like, Wayne was, like, Wayne's, like, in my DNA. But, like, it's always yeah. good to hear, like, people that are from, like, up north, like, you being from New York and stuff, like, how Wayne can play, like, such a huge impact all around. And, I mean, he does well, now. But, like, Wayne, growing up, I thought that was just a New Orleans thing. <laughs> Wayne is so, like, everything. I remember I might have been, I don't remember how old I was. I feel like I had to be in high school so maybe like 14 maybe even 13 I don't remember no I had to be like around the freshman year but whatever year I was I remember going to my school because I went to school in Manhattan and it was like this like mixtape slash t-shirt spot on um, 13th street and like 7th avenue or some shit like that 6th avenue and me and my homie went down there to go look for the latest mixtapes because that's where you know you go find the music type shit like people have actual mixtapes like mix TV right so we go buy them just for five dollars and they had a Wayne dedication too yo dude so fire songs off that shit is like everything for me I I seen Wayne at Governor's Ball and I was like right now I'm still hurt that I didn't get to hear certain songs from dedication too oh my god like obviously he wouldn't be performing that but like if he did, I would go stupid, bro. Like, dedication to Wayne is is everything for me because I remember coming, going to the store, buying that, taking that train ride home, and just being in front of my mom's computer playing that shit loud as hell. Hours, like, dude. I used to lose myself <laughs> yeah. in, in the Carter Three. Like that was that was like my no. that was like my my favorite album by him of all time. Like just sitting there and listening to Carter Three like hours on end. Literally, like my parents would go to like Mardi Gras balls. And, like, I would just go, get like, get, like, a – I didn't have any alcohol or a car to get around, so I'd go grab, like, a bottle of my mom's wine and just sit there and just get drunk and just listen to the car to three of my friends. <laughs> like, that's just how we used to roll. So, yeah, so it's it's a beautiful thing. But you, you have, you have like, these great, these, these great, you know, guys that you're looking up to that are, that are forming your music, and now your sound is just – it's unique now. It's your own sound. And, like, that's the beauty of it now. So you've kind of, like, came in, like – when when did you kind of like get into that groove where you're like okay now it's time to make my own sound and my own like like music of waves like what what point was that did that hit you? I don't think I ever like consciously was like all right it's time to make my own sound. I was kind of just making the shit that I liked and just and for, force itself. Together. What I like it's just so, yeah it's like this pot of gumbo you know what I mean because it's yeah. like even on my first mixtape there's like like electronic influences on like my very first official mixtape um there's just so many different influences and 
while I was like a super J. Cole baby, you wouldn't be like J. Cole wouldn't be on this type of record though. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it's in my pot. Um, so just through me just making the shit that I liked and just eventually like, you know, you get better at making music and um, you just get more confident in your own ideas. Cause everything is like being pulled from somewhere else. But, um, you know, eventually you, you just start getting just random ideas that don't really come from anything right. specific. It's like it's up to you to kind of yeah. add like whatever spice you want to add to it. And that's what sets it off. It's just like when you're cooking, you know, everybody, everybody yeah. knows what chicken is and everybody cooks with chicken, but it's what you put in the chicken. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So I love that, man. So I'll set your shit apart. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting hungry too now too. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So for me, like finding your music, like I was on Spotify one day and and like I was going through my Discover Weekly and you popped up and I started listening to yeah. uh, For the Record. That was the first track that I ever heard by you, and that shit just like set me soaring, dude. I literally played your song probably back to back for at least a good like four to five days like just get in the car that was the first song i was gonna put on yeah so you made you made that banger and like and then i'm like okay well now i like this song it's in here i gotta check out more of this guy's stuff that's when i got into your album peace be the journey um was a huge fan of that one and um and i just i I just fell in love with the music man and that's when i wanted to reach out to you but i uh i saw the music video and you got a buddy of yours i believe his name is erickson correct that he shoots your music videos for you how did y'all's uh how did y'all's relationship start so uh i did a a, what is this a cypher for dj booth this was in 2014 of me kurt knight Black Dave, Amelia Rojas, and Matthew Ragazzino. Uh, still on YouTube, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yeah, we did that cypher. Erickson was working at DJ Booth at the time. He was doing video content for them. And I remember after that, he was just like, yeah, uh, we should get up. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and, you know, a lot of people just hit you on. I'm like, yeah, we should like, blah, blah, blah. This is whatever. Um, but I remember not really thinking too much of it. And I don't remember how we got to the point where it's like we're cooling up where I'm going to his crib and shit like that. I do remember I seen him there and then I had to go back to DJ Booth again. I think it was for uh, they wanted to do a a video because I did like an exclusive DJ Booth song and they wanted to shoot a video for it and they were going to have Erickson do it. So we kind of met to talk about that and through that me and Erickson just said, you know, he vibed and that's the homie, man. So since like 2014, so we've just been building and like he takes care of like all the, the video stuff now, you know. He's yeah, super and he, creative. He does a sick job too, man. Like I uh, I know your your most recent video you dropped was uh was for Bird, and uh definitely yeah. definitely got to go check that one out for all all the Garage Fam listening to y'all got to get on YouTube and look at that. Um, but the music video for uh for the record, um, you had a pretty interesting story. Yeah. That you had told me, so I definitely I gotta I gotta yeah, let the garage yeah. fam hear this one. So you gotta tell about the uh, the story of of how this video was shot. So we did for the record in Arkansas, and we were sitting in Erickson's crib, and we was just like, you know what? Uh, why don't we just start going to air like Airbnb to do music videos? Like, why not? You know, we'll be able to 
travel, go see different places, and then we'll get content. That'll be cool. So we just picked a random spot. <laughs> it happened to be Arkansas. I, I really the most random fucking place. Like <laughs> exactly. It's random as shit, but I really fucked with the architecture of that that um house that we stayed in. Yeah, it was a sick was like, house, yeah, man. We just go there. Like, I loved everything about it. But yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm definitely you know planning to do that more for the future. So. That's freaking awesome, dude. Yeah, and it's such a great music video, man. And just like yeah, just when, when I remember when you told me uh, about you guys going to Arkansas and how it was just like so dark and it was just like the middle of like bumfuck Egypt. Like I just I felt for yeah, you. Yeah, that that shit was super wild, man. Yeah, super wild. Like, it is a whole different shit. everything was... level of, of from the city going to somewhere like that. Because I had a buddy of mine that lives yeah, in uh, in Forest Hills. And when he came down to Louisiana for for the first time, he's just like, "I'm never going back to buttfuck Louisiana, like ever." <laughs> like, it's 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 a completely like if you're not in new like New Orleans is is one thing, but like if you exactly. get out of exactly that's the thing. Yeah, as soon as you get outside of New Orleans, it's like, whoa, whoa, this is south. What is like, this shit? It's yeah, here, like, <laughs> how would you would you compare New Orleans to Queens? No. Like, my buddy compared yeah, New Orleans bro. to Queens, and I was like, I was like, this is nothing Why? like Queens, bro. <laughs> like, like, New Orleans is New Orleans. <laughs> like, you can't, you yeah, can't nah, compare it. World, it's amazing. Awesome, it's amazing. Man. So you're gonna I have to, you're gonna have to come down. My favorite place being on tour. Yeah, you're gonna be on tour. Yeah, get, are, was, where, last time I was out there. No, last time I was in New Orleans was 2017. Um, we played the Joy Theater. Uh, I would hope to be back out there after I drop this project. Sweet. So yeah. So tell us a little bit about this. So um, can we expect Rev Run and uh, Bird to be on this new album? Nah. So the so how I make projects is like super cohesive, super story based, um, and how I make singles. Like I just approach them as like you know I'm gonna make a beat today, and if I get an idea for a song, a song is created. You know. With projects, it's very uh, story-driven. Like, all right, this is happening in the beginning of the story. This is happening in the middle. This is happening in the end. So, like, these songs that I've been releasing don't fit inside of the story. Right. These are just just the singles that are standalone. They have nothing to do. And I think that's beautiful, too, man. Fun song. Because that way you can just kind of like if, if an idea comes to you And like that's just who you are too individually Like an idea comes to you You just want to like get it out And so like, I love that fact yeah, of like exactly. the singles being that way And But I also really love like what you're saying right now About the story Because I feel like story based rap Has really kind of taken a back seat in, in like you know the last few years Like you don't really get a lot Like I mean you remember like back like um, Was it like um Boosie, like they used to do a lot of he used to do a lot of story rap. Um, there's yeah. a couple yeah. of other rappers, but like you don't really get that a hundred percent anymore. So I mean, I think it's an amazing thing that you're that you're bringing that you know to the game. You're bringing that to the table for people. So is there anything like you can kind of like give us like a little hint of like what to expect from this? Um, it, it, I would definitely say it's it's a journey. Uh, with me it's, it's a lot of ups and downs I feel like for sure the intro that I have on this tape now will probably throw every single person listening to me off like wait what but it all makes sense inside the story so sweet yeah. so it's gonna be like it's gonna be like a Go trick a trick play some... like trying to yeah trick. a little okay. bit of that <laughs> 
I it, dig it. It's it definitely, you know, just going to it, expecting a good story. <laughs> Sweet, sure. man. Sweet. HD, dude, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks again for being on the show. I'm glad that we could uh, we could finally get this put together for the fans. Uh, no more no more bad edits. We're, wow, we're good to go. So no much. more bad acts. <laughs> That messed this stuff up, but uh, where, you, man, oh, real. dude, appreciate you. Where where can uh where can all the garage fan follow you at? Everything HD been dope on social media. HD B double E N D O P E. Sweet, and again, guys, get over to Spotify right now. Check out his two new singles, Bird and Rev Run. Um, also has all of his music on Spotify. You can check out his music videos on YouTube. Follow him on social media. You're not true garage fam if you don't. So uh, get over there and get that done. Brother, we appreciate it, man. Looking forward to that album, and uh, we'll be linking up again soon. Take it easy. Definitely, man. All right, you too, bro. Appreciate it. That interview was brought to you by Official Goat Gear. Check out officialgoatgear.com today to get all of the goat apparel you can handle. Literally from every sport, from football to golf, there is something for you at Official Goat Gear. Uh, Get over there right now, use promo code GARAGE, and you will save 10% on your order. So yeah, HD, uh, just again, big thanks. Go follow him uh, as he dropped it. It was at HDBendope on all his socials. Uh, dude is about to blow up real big and go to YouTube and watch his uh, new music video for bird. We're also going to be uh, playing bird at the end of the pod. So you'll get to listen to the full song. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Before we do go, I uh, put up a tweet earlier this week that got a lot of feedback. And of course I knew it was, and that's the reason I put it up on Twitter is just because I knew it was going to drive a lot of, uh, just was going to draw a lot of attention. And we're doing what's called the uh, 2019 Big Boy Busts for the NFL fantasy football season. Um, and so maybe not every show, but we're going to have certain guests on, and I'm going to ask them who their Big Boy Bust is. So be on the lookout for that with our, all of our guests that we have on the show. But I uh, went ahead and threw mine out. So tonight I'm going to give mine. Jordan's going to give his. Starting off, mine is Dalvin Cook. And I, I know that a lot of people are just mind blown that I would even say that. People think I'm stupid. People forget that I've had hot ass takes. I've had hotter takes before that I've predicted correct. And I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, I'm sorry because I'm not. I'm just not sorry for it. Like, I feel like Dalvin Cook gets way too much hype. I understand Gary Kubiak's coming to Minnesota. I understand that, you know, his history has been great with with running backs. I understand that they're making a lot of moves and it's looking like it's going to be a big run year. However, my case for it is this. Kirk Cousins had a big contract. He's got that chip on his shoulder. He didn't perform and live up to his standards. Didn't even get to the playoffs last year. Um, you've got talented wide receivers on this team. You've got uh, a tight end that's a rookie. And I know that rookie tight ends don't have, you know, the best historical data of being great in their first year. And I know they just re-signed Kyle Rudolph as well. I see this team still being dominant when it comes to throwing the football. 
And especially with Kirk Cousins wanting to show that he is worth the money, I think that that's going to have a lot to do with this year. Hence why I think Dalvin Cook is not going to be everything that everyone is saying he is. I'm not sitting here saying the guy is going to literally like tank the entire year, but he's not going to be what you think he is. I think he's going way too high in drafts right now for redraft. Where's he going? Dude, right now, I mean, he's in the first round. He's late in the first round. Early or early second, late first. I think that I think that he should be middle second to to late second, and I think that I could justify that. Maybe even like early third. It's just he doesn't have what people think that he is. I I just I don't understand the hype about it. I mean, when we look at last year, at what he brought to the table. Okay, still, he, he had this hype last year, too. Everybody had said, like, after the year he got hurt, he's coming back. He was going to be, you know, tremendous. He was going to be great. He had all this same hype last year. And I have documentation to prove that, looking back at, at tweets from last year. And what happened? He was mediocre yet again. So, going to look at some stats from him last year, I think his best game that he had PPR-wise was 29 fantasy points, uh, and that was week 15. And other than that, I mean, he's... Everything else is below 15, right? No, I mean, he had, he had, like, around that time late in the year, he had, he had about four good games back-to-back, and other than that, I mean, it was, yeah, below 15. He missed some time, too, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, the injury concern. And that's another thing I want to clear up, too, okay, I don't, it's not that I think he's going to get injured. I mean, players get injured all the time. I'm not making this prediction based off injury because anybody could get injured at any time. So that needs to be cleared up because people. Compare him to Leonard Fournette, though. Huh? Compare him to Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same deal, but then that's that's making the speculation of injury. I just personally... Nah, lingering injuries. Yeah. It's not a speculation of injury. That affects, and that, that does, it affects the play. You know, when somebody has these injuries, it, it does take time to get well, and some guys never truly recover or live well, they, up to that. They, they recover. It's just that they get insecure about their abilities because they do not want to get hurt again, and then they end up making yeah worse Look, fantasy points. My my plain and simple thing is that <clears throat> from the the level of bust that I'm coming from is like this guy is not a first round running back. He shouldn't be a first round running back. And he's getting drafted there. I like Joe Mixon better than I like Dalvin Cook this year. Mm, you know, you like might one of them. you might not call yeah, that. I like Joe Mixon better. Has both of them. Yeah, you know, I mean, like if you want to get there to some players that have kind of the, the but is he been, is he going to be the one with the bulk of the carries though? If he stays healthy, is he going to be the one with the bulk of the carries? And there's Madison so. coming in too. I think that he's going to be the one with the bulk of the carries. Still, at the same time, my entire outlook on this is that I think people are thinking back to a certain running back that wore purple and gold and his name was started with an A and his first his last name started with a P goes by AP and I feel like people think that just because you're a running back on the Minnesota Vikings you're going to do what AP did and I think that that's that's buried in some people's subconscious and people just need to understand that we don't have enough data to go by really for Dalvin Cook. I don't like him. My gut tells me to stay away from him. I'm going to trust that hands down every day. My big boy bust 2019 
Dalvin Cook. Who you got for your big boy bust this year? Not a lot of people are gonna like it. Not a lot of people like mine, so no. let's 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 stir some shit up. It's Le'Veon Bell. And I can understand why people aren't gonna like it. I mean, you've talked briefly about why you don't like it, but let's let's really let's really get there. Let's really well, it, get it's there. A, it's a first round pick. <clears throat> a first round pick is supposed to be your guy for that year. All right, that's gonna be the, your fuel for your team. That's gonna be everything that you got for that entire year. All right. To me. If you look at Le'Veon Bell's skills, you know what he's got. All right? If you look at Le'Veon Bell for last year, I can pull up his stats right now from last year. You know what it is? What is it? None. Zero. <laughs> zero. All right? It's, it's an Fat entire zero. year off. All right? We don't know how he's going to work in the system. We don't know what the system is. We don't know what the quarterback's capable of. We don't know what the goddamn Jets are going to do. We haven't seen a lot of good come out of the Jets with no-name players. I mean, I'm going to put that in quotes. The damn good players, all right? I'm not going to say anything that they're not good players. I'm going to say that that system hasn't really worked a whole lot. The biggest thing about Le'Veon Bell is he's going in the first round. That's fine, for Le'Veon Bell, the Pittsburgh Steelers, because you know what to expect. You know what he's doing in Pittsburgh. For the Jets, there could be a learning curve. He hasn't played football in a year. He's in a new system. You don't know what to expect. I would rather spend my first-round pick on someone that I, number one, I know what to expect. Number two, I know what his skill levels are. Because, let me tell you, Knowing what to expect from a player means more than knowing what his skill levels are. If you know what to expect that he's going to get the ball X amount of times or you know that he's going to be you know, a very big part of scoring on that offense, that gives you conclusive evidence of if he doesn't get hurt, which anybody said anybody can say that, those first three, four weeks. <clears throat> How many games or wins in the end of a fantasy football season, are you out of the playoffs? If you are if you draft Le'Veon Bell and you're four weeks, four games, you know, four wins out of the playoffs, it's probably going to be because it was four weeks for Le'Veon Bell or not spectacular, which See, you could have gotten from a different first-round pick. I'm not saying he shouldn't go in the first round. I'm saying that for me, I'm not going to touch him. In the first round, I mean, you you look back like you said, yeah, it has been a year since you've been on the field. I feel like that does make a difference, but at the same time, it is Le'Veon Bell. We have it a is. lot of data it to is. go by of what he did, uh, it, what he did in Pittsburgh, right? With Big Ben, with AB, with Juju. Yeah, we know what it's like there. Sam Darnold, what with Robbie Anderson, what? Huh? And that's really all you can think of off the top of your head. Green and white? What? You know, it's Powell? What? Maybe? Huh? I mean, I, I understand I understand where your concern is, but at the same time, it's Le'Veon Bell. Is we, it worth just, the risk, though? For me, In personally... In the first round to base your team... Your, look, think about it. These fantasy drafts, bro, this is like picking your dodgeball team in high school. 
And you picking a guy that ain't played dodgeball in a year? Your first pick? Oh, man. I don't think I'm going to do that. I've never personally drafted Le'Veon Bell. Not because I didn't want to, but because I never got high enough in the high enough pick in a league. And even when I did, I, I always just wouldn't – I always didn't really have my mind set on him because I felt like I could make those points up in another area, you know, another way. And now you have so many other good running backs. I mean, your top two running backs are easily Saquon and Alvin Kamara. So if you're in a 12-man league, there are there are 13 guys that can go in the first round. The The 13th is Le'Veon Bell, and you shouldn't pick him. You said, wait, you said if you're in a 12-man league. If you're league, in a 12-man league, there are 13 men you can pick in the first round, and Le'Veon Bell is not one of them. So he's second round for you. He's a second round for me. All right, I can understand that. Um, however, yeah. he is, I know MJD had, has ranked him third. Third, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a lot of confidence. But he got Alvin Kamara and Saquon above him. Yes. Third is a lot of confidence. He is Le'Veon Bell. I don't think it really matters where you put him. I think he's still going to do Le'Veon Bell things. Oh, I I agree. But I don't think it's going to come in this first. I think I think That's he's an okay. Point. I think he's an okay late late first rounder. Yeah. I think he's an okay. I think he's an okay foundational player. That's just me personally. And if there was going to be a year that I actually went after him, I think that it would be this year because I think I can get him a little bit cheaper. Mm, I mean, it's still first round pick. I mean, he's been going first and between first and if if he would have played last year, he would have went even. Like I'm not gonna be so worried. I'm not gonna be so worried. Like if I'm like picking like eighth or ninth, you know what I mean? Because like I know that ninth, if all those players are gone, I feel like Le'Veon will probably still be there. I don't see Le'Veon going like, you know, third. No, no, of course not. Of course not. At all. But still, not your first round pick, in my opinion. I don't know. I'm. I'm. Let somebody else take that risk. Get somebody that you know is going to be solid that you're not going to have to worry about. If I'm picking late, if in a twelve man, if I'm picking around, if I'm picking anywhere between like eight and twelve, and he's there, and I really don't have much for the other guys, then yeah, of course I'm going to go for him. But I mean, even then, just him as a running back, knowing that even though Adam Gase has never really favored it, he's got to now. This is Le'Veon Bell. You've got to favor that. So understandable. I'm okay. I'm okay with that one. But I respect yours just like you respect mine. And I really don't – I haven't really even asked you. I mean, do you respect the Dalvin Cook, the bus theory that I have? Yeah, I respect it more on the, the injury bug than anything. Yeah. I just don't want to – I don't want to say that, that I'm basing it thing. off of an injury. Well, I, I, I am. I don't give a fuck. And it's not really lingering anymore. It. I mean, but but it's, it is there. But I'm not saying it's he's been there for two years. And I would hope to God that he's been doesn't. there for over 720 days. So, I think that I mean, it, it definitely it dampened. It dampened his – it dampened what he could have been. Just like another one that, that, you know, that we could talk about, Darius Geis. I'm sure there's going to be some people that are saying he's going to be a bust. I mean, I actually like AP better than than that this year, just because. I mean, I feel like that's that's going to be your starting guy. In there Washington. is guys. It's going to be a very, very iffy pick, and if you pick him, just know with what he what injury he had last year, it's going to be a gamble. But yeah. Darius guy stays healthy. AP probably retires middle middle of the year. And see, I'm thinking still if Dalvin Cook stays healthy, he's just not going to be able to produce what everyone thinks he will. So, yeah, just want everybody to know it's not about injury. 
It's about my gut, and it's about me feeling the way I feel, just like Le'Veon Bell with you and your gut. So who are your big boy busts? Hit us up at Garage Guy Sports. Uh, I put a tweet out on my personal page, at Garage Guy Chase, and uh, you can go find that. You can comment on there who your bust is going to be for the 2019 season. We'll have a lot more of that to come. Um, again, great show. You can follow us everywhere at Garage Guy Sports. Follow me at Garage Guy Chase. Where are they following you at this week, Jordan? Through the fog. Through the fog. Why? Why not? All right. So just, yeah, we never question why, why to question? follow Jordan from where he does. You got, oh, the fog bowl. Fog bowl. Ditka. I was thinking more smoke on the water from earlier, but. Oh, man. If we, if, if we didn't have HD on the show, maybe we would play some smoke on the water by yeah. the purple. Bow, bow, bow. But, yeah, that's not happening. All right. Here's HD, been dope, bird, sports, party, repeat. I got problems on problems on problems on problems on problems on problems I solve them. I run through the money, the pressure be calling. Left on my blessings, I feel like I'm falling. The birdie is back. Tell me I'm garbage. I'm going through something, that's why I ain't calling. Phone in progression, it's all that I wanted. The phone in affection, I summon and dub it. Cause bitch, I got problems on problems on problems on problems on problems on problems. I solve them. I run through the money, the pressure be calling. Left on my blessings, I feel like I'm falling. The birdie is back. Tell me I'm garbage, I'm going through something, that's why I ain't calling. Phone in progression, it's all that I wanted. The phone in affection, I summon and dub it. Why you be all in my line about nothing? Why won't you go get you a dollar or something? Don't hang with a nigga who lying for nothing. I see that we different, you riding, I dub them. I don't do discussions on bragging about hundreds. Don't go to your places, I know that they sunken. Don't call me your brother, I barely could trust it. I talk to a shorty, she bagging the bugging. And I'ma need all of my dollars on corporate, so hand me the money, I divvy the pie. I'ma give all of my people a portion to build them a fortune, I'm flipping the ride. I can't be mixy, when iffy the vibe. And 40 on 50, it's really the time. Why are you all on my phone like you want me? Like you wasn't pushing the kick to the side. I don't know if you bitches are thinking I'm blind. Cross on my crosses and dot on my eyes. Done with your efforts, I'm dealing with pressures. I know it's a lesson, that's word of the wise. Dubbing the mixes, I'm mixing. I know I've been missing. I needed some personal time. Fuck all the pictures, dimensions. I don't with your digits. I mean it, I'm staying inside. Cause bitch, I got problems on problems on problems on problems on problems on problems. I solve them. I run through the money, the pressure be calling. Left on my blessings, I feel like I'm falling. The birdie is back. Tell me I'm garbage, I'm going through something, that's why I ain't calling. Phone in progression, it's all that I wanted. The phone in affection, I summon and dub it. Cause bitch, I got problems on problems on problems on problems on problems on problems. I solve them, I run through the money, the pressure be calling. Left on my blessings, I feel like I'm falling. The birdie is back. Tell me I'm garbage, I'm going through something, that's why I ain't calling. Phone in progression, it's all that I wanted. The phone in affection, I summon and dub it. <laughs>